genius. I hate people. I hate people. This is why they're the worst. Are you ready for it? What up? Hey, what up? So I know we said uh, we're debating on doing the last episode, episode 10, being our season finale and then picking it back up. But meh, we decided against it for now. We don't want to. We don't want to. So until so, we want to or need to, to catch up. Yeah, we're, we're staying Keep put. it going. Keep it going, people. So we're back. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back for season two. And right. It's a dark one. Well, well, but so like, yeah, we, we may eventually, like if we get to like episode 12 or 15 or so, or, I don't know, we're like, wait, we do need, I do need a couple weeks to just like, you know, catch up, get stories done, right. if it works crazy or whatever, you know, then we'll, then we'll divide up into seasons. But it won't be any more than like, I'll be like two I'm weeks like, to um, a month break tops. It won't be like, I, Yeah. We won't Six leave you hanging. Thing. Yeah. Totally. Because we're not giving this up. This is too fun. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so fun. Right? Um, um, did yeah. you see that poll? I mean, obviously you did. But I'm wearing my Twinks dress, and it reminded me of the... Um, the loungewear poll. The loungewear poll of a new pattern. I think a light stripe, asymmetrical stripe would be so chic. Yeah. People agree. I have done that. Yeah. People agree. Yeah. I love that. I know. I'm excited. With the bralette. Yeah, with the bralette completely um, sewn in. Hopefully sooner rather than later, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see, people. You never know. Yeah. A lot of things are beyond our control, but we'll see. Yeah. How was your weekend? It was good. Oh, you had a scare. The only, <laughs> the only scare I had this weekend was when I... Woke up Sunday, Venmoed my babysitter because I forgot. I thought I forgot the night before. And she texted me and said, you paid me in cash <laughs> last night. <laughs> oh, God. Like, oh, uh, sorry. It's hard to uh, admit when you're blackout drunk. I really, like, wasn't even. I didn't think. But Clearly. I was like, I do not recall that. <laughs> my bad. It was member guest weekend, She, but she knew. I warned her. I was like, this weekend's like a fraternity party. I'm just telling you. We're going to be home late. It's better wine's, than... Wine's a flow in, but yeah, a double pater. And she was like, um, you gave me cash. She should have She should have kept her trap shut, taking that payment. I know. <laughs> I was just never paying cash. Like, I'm like, I've literally yeah. never not Venmoed you. Yeah, why'd you even have cash? Um, no, like, I mean, Payne gave it to me, I guess. I never have cash. Mm. But. Well, it's better than um, your babysitter accidentally texting you saying, oh, I'm tired. The blanks were up, were out till midnight. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so oh, my. That happened to our friend. <laughs> Oh, my God. She thought she was texting her friend, and she was actually texting her friend who she babysat for, she like, babysat just for. talking shit. I, <laughs> I'm i more mortified for the babysitter than I am. Oh, yeah. The friend. Oh, obviously. yeah. Obviously. So embarrassing. 
so embarrassing. <laughs> that's way worse. The, and the girl I double paid is a regular. She like she that's not an all the time occurrence, but oh, it was embarrassing. Uh huh. Well, that wasn't all the, the scare been there. I was talking about. I know. My little baby, my little baby girl on a plane the other day while we were going to a family beach trip had a seizure. And she's like 18 months, right? She's 18 months, about to be 18 months, not even. Yeah. And thank God there was a doctor on that flight. I've yet to find him. Now we just need to find him. Delta. Delta said, hard no, we can't tell you that info. And I was like, come on. Come on. And then she had another one in the ambulance, and it was sad, but they think it was because she spiked a fever, but we didn't know she had a fever. We wouldn't have gotten on the plane. Poor little girl, but she's okay now. She's okay now. We have medicine, and we're going to a neurologist, JIC. I don't know when. She hasn't called me yet, but. That's just in case. Oh, yeah. JIC is just in case. It was quite the scare. I knew that's what you were talking about, but I wanted to tell the babysitter story because it was so lighthearted and embarrassing, and I think people can relate. (laughs) Sure. But people can probably relate to that, too. If your child's ever had a febrile seizure, febrile something, tell me it's going to be okay. I know she'll grow out of it. It will be okay. That that happens. Apparently. I mean, I know. It was scary, though. I'm sure. I can't imagine. It was scary. Chaos while landing in Atlanta. Yeah. Chaos while landing in Atlanta and then waiting very impatiently once the plane was wheels down on an ambulance. Mm. God, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, So right as Payne had just hit play on a podcast. And it and she started seizing and so and he never hit stop. So we did have a little timer going that we did oh. not realize. He didn't realize until we got in the ambulance. And all oh, in all, interesting. you okay. literally could have told I could have I would have told you that from start to finish, seizure to ambulance was 30, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Guess how long it was. I I don't know. 10. Fortnite 14. Shut up. Are you serious? No. I was like, I, it's just crazy how long you think that it's, I mean, it was just chaos. And like, she, I was like freaking out. And so like from start to finish, it was like just under 14 minutes. Oh my God. And I'm like, God, we landed really quickly then. Well, I'm sure. Just, well, yeah. And I, they told us that, but I was like, didn't feel like it. But yeah, we did. Well, once and the, doctors, like, where the, fuck? the doctor was like, where the fuck's the EMTs? And I was like, no shit. And I was like freaking out. But I was like, oh, they got there pretty fast, actually. Yeah. Especially given, the, given yeah, Atlanta airport. I don't well, fuck. no, they drove onto the runway and the menace of the gate, like at the bridge. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know how that works, I guess, but I don't, so they, they, no, they don't have to like go through the airport. Oh, no, but they have to go through Atlanta traffic. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but <laughs> they're an ambulance, so. I know, but you're really underestimating what assholes drive in this city. That's actually true. Yeah. When we got back on the interstate, I was, like people were trying to pass them, but a lot of people got over, which I was like, surprising. But a lot of people got over, everyone should get over. That is. I know. <laughs> 
he like not got, heroic or he got on the exit and like a car had to like slam on their brakes because <laughs> they were trying to pass the ambulance fuck off. i was like wish i wish if i weren't so eager to get to the hospital obviously i would have wanted to nail that bitch oh yeah i would have hung a sign in the back window baby on board asshole or something yeah. like that well if they could which where i was sitting a lot of people probably could see in there <sighs> oh seeing me and a toddler Oh. crying so oh. charlie. Char charlie was strapped in too he said we're going too fast mama oh my I God. Was like, buddy that's the point Wait. shut up <laughs> hold on to your fucking hat charlie let's <laughs> kick this bitch in the high gear yeah i was like we ain't going fast enough son <laughs> oh i'm glad she's okay thank you me too she's the sweetest angel i'm just i know Shoving She'll ibuprofen be okay. down her throat every chance I get. She'll be A-OK, -okay, that goyle. She's a tough old broad. She is. Oh, Lord. Speaking of tough old broads, this is good. that was a good segue. I have a story tonight. <laughs> good segue. Wait, are you going to say the name? Do I know? Can I say the name? Oh, or I can since it's my damn story. But, oh, okay. Well, I didn't know if you're, I don't know what angle you're taking it, but I'm real excited about it. I know the story, but given that how oof. long you said you typed out, oof. you may have some deets I don't know about. Well, guys, this is, you're going to see, this will probably be our longest episode and I'm about to get into it. So I don't know what minute we're in now, but usually our stories we type, you know, probably like five to six pages, like a lot of 40 minute episodes, something. This is nine and a half pages. So yeah, it's a dark one. Um, if you're prescribed to anti-anxiety, I'd just go ahead and take it. Mm. <laughs> go ahead and take it. Relax. I'm just kidding. Um, I actually heard the story during a 3 a.m. feeding when my baby was a month old. And I was glued to the TV well beyond when he went back to sleep. I could. I was standing like two feet from the TV screen. Um, I think I called you the next day. Being like, I know. Holy that's when shit. You need I to listen watch to this. it. Wait, did I watch something? I swear I listened to a podcast. No, it was Oxygen's Notoriously Snapped. So it's Snapped. Yeah. It's that oh, show. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's that show Snapped, but it's called Notorious. So it's Snapped, Notorious, and Notorious Snap. Yeah. So this is the story of Colleen Stan, or more widely known as Girl in the Box. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, I'm emotionally drained already. All right. My sources. <laughs> it's going to be a good episode, everyone. I would like turn it off if this was the leader. <laughs> nah, we good. Uh, sources are a pod called uh, Murder with My Husband, did an episode on it. All that is interesting.com, Oxygen Snap Notorious, uh, Murder for News YouTube channel, and caselaw.com. Heavilycaselaw.com. Right. Colleen Stan was born in 1956 in Riverside, California. She dropped out of high school at age 16 and actually got married with her parents' permission and moved to Ohio with her husband, Tim. Obviously, getting married that young never works out uh, or almost never works out. And they divorced shortly after. In May of 1977, 20-year-old Colleen lived with her friends in Eugene, Oregon, but decided to go back to Northern California to surprise her friend for her birthday. Like many people in the 70s, hitchhiking was her way of transportation, but she considered herself an experienced hitchhiker 
and wouldn't get in the car with just anyone. That said, the birthday party came and went, and no one had seen or heard from Colleen. Now, she was a free spirit, quote-unquote, and 1977 was a different time, so her family kind of thought she ran away and potentially joined a cult. I can't find much on the search efforts in the very beginning, but in interviews, they said they were devastated and missed her very, very much. Oh, my God. I know. I don't you know. If no. They just, like, wrote it off? Like, right. she must no. have joined a cult. And I tried to, I looked, I did everything I could to look for that notorious snap episode because I know they get into family interviews and people are being interviewed. They have to tell their side of the story. I know that. And I read her sister's transcript and core everything. And I'm like, but what did y'all, and I guess that's legitimately what y'all thought. So I'm sure they looked for it, but you know, cell phones weren't a thing. Cell phone right. towers weren't a thing. Search efforts were just a little bit different. I think they called around. Her friends didn't see her, so I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I know. So in 1980, over three years after she went missing, the family's phone rang, and Bonnie Sue, Colleen's little sister, answered it, and it was Colleen. She said she was okay, and she missed her family very much. Bonnie later explained. She asked who was still alive. She asked about mom and dad, and I told her our aunt was dying. She was crying. We were both crying. She also said that Colleen sounded like she was in a hurry, saying that her voice was shaky and it sounded like she was being pressured. In 1981, a year later, Colleen knocks on her parents' door in Riverside, and they're ecstatic. She even brings a man who she introduces as her fiancé, Cameron. They're stunned and a little disappointed never having met him and to be a part of that exciting time in her life, but they're just so happy she's alive and well and they completely embrace him. They even take a picture of the happy couple to document the reunion and meeting their future son-in-law. I How- remember that picture. Yeah. Yeah. However, Bonnie thought something was off. She said Colleen looked very dirty and very, very thin. Um, in fact, <laughs> she had a nickname for her Pudgy. <laughs> she said later, this was not the Pudgy I knew. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so <laughs> It's Well, it's mean and funny at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's so classic sister. little sister. Yeah. But wait, so what did Colleen say when she was like, surprise, I'm here. Here's my fiance. Where they're like, the fuck have you been doing for four years? No. So there was very little communication and it only reconfirmed her family's thought that she was in a cult. So they didn't want to overload her with questions for fear that it would push her away and cause her to disappear for good. So they just enjoyed the time together. They didn't ask many questions. They just embraced it. I mean, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I know. Um, so Cameron and Colleen left. I need to stop. Cut out that um. I always start a sentence with um. Oh my god, me too. Great, great. I said that. I said that last time we were recording. I remember. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm like, are you kidding? Should <laughs> she leave that all? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Okay. <laughs> we leave all that in. I was just kidding. All right. Not funny anymore. Cameron and Colleen left, and once again, she fell off the map, and years went by without hearing from her. That is, until July of 1984, three years after that visit, so three years after they last saw or spoke to her, she called her family and asked them to wire her money for a bus ticket and because she was coming home for good. And holy shit, when she got home, did she have 
a story for them. And it is a badass survivor story. Like we said in episode one, we love a badass survivor story. And this is a holy shit one. I know we do, but also like, oh God. Okay. Just tell it already. All right. So going back seven and a half years to that faithful day in May of 1977, when she was hitchhiking on the I-5 to get to Northern California for her friend's birthday. As I said, she considered herself a experienced hitchhiker and actually turned down two rides who pulled over. One was a group of guys saying they would take her wherever she needed to go. And she was all, nah, bras, get the hell out of here. And the other was a couple that they simply weren't going the right direction. So it just didn't work out. But then a blue van pulled up. It was another young couple who had a baby. So she was confident climbing into this car. Their names were Janice and Cameron Hooker. They were a young couple, both in their early 20s and had a daughter who's about eight months old. However, soon after being on the road, she started feeling uneasy. I think they were asking too many personal questions. And when she said she was going to surprise her friend for her birthday, Cameron seemed a little excited, saying something like, oh, she's not expecting you? Like something creepy like that. Oh, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. When they stopped at a gas station along the way, Colleen went to, the, went to use the restroom and said, a voice told me to run and jump out the window and never look back. But she calmed her fears, convinced herself she was being crazy, and went back to the car. Always listen to your gut, peeps. Oh, my God. For real. I know. I mean, how oh, different. I hug her. Like, how, what a different. Like, she had no idea what she was about to get into. How different it would have been. Oh, my God. Okay. So she went back to the car, and when she noticed a wooden box in the back seat that wasn't there before, but really didn't think much of it. The couple asked if they could pull over to see an ice cave that was in the area. And since she's kind of on their time and they're doing her a favor, she felt like she had to say yes. So they pulled over in this remote wooded area and Janice takes the baby over to a trail. Colleen said she started feeling very nervous the further Janice walked away. Cameron got out of the driver's side and Colleen thought he was opening the door for her to get out on the backseat when she noticed he had a knife in his hand. He held it to her throat and forced her head into that box. It was small and weighed about 20 pounds and just fit her head. It blocked out sound, light, and the only airflow was coming from a small crack around her neck. Oh. He was a lumber mill worker, so he constructed the box himself and lined it with soundproof material to muffle any screams. Obviously, not being able to lift her head, it was because it was 20 pounds, she laid in the back seat and they switched directions and went to their house in Red Bluff, California. Where's that? Is it near Murder Mountain? Um, it kind of looks like it's near Mur- Murder Mountain. I don't know, Northern California-ish. Okay. I think it's a little bit more east than Murder Mountain is. Actually, it's, oh. yeah, definitely. So when they got to the hookers, they removed the box, blindfolded her, gagged her, stripped her down naked, and led her to the basement. They stepped her onto a stool and put her wrist and bondage straps that were hanging from the ceiling. Then they kicked the stool out from under her. So she was just hanging from her wrist. Out of everything he did to her, she said this was the most painful, which I can only imagine. You're, it's yeah. dead weight hanging from your wrist. Oh, God. Yeah. When Colleen cried and desperately tried to find something to rest her feet on, he whipped her. Then, and this is disgusting, Cameron and Janice had sex under her hanging body. Yeah, I remember that. Disgusting. Sick. 
Once they were finished, he took her down and put her into a coffin-like box, chained her wrists and feet to the corners, and put her head back in the head box. The next day, he took her out of the coffin, but her put her in a homemade stretcher and chained her wrists and ankles to those corners. He left her like that for the entire day. During one of her first days in captivity, Hooker gave Colleen a meal that she was unable to eat, so he whipped her until she finished every last bite. Fucking gross. Asshole. The first seven to ten days, Colleen was kept naked, chained to the stretcher, which they call the rack. So she was naked, chained to the stretcher, and wearing the head box. Then for the next five months, she was kept in the coffin, still naked, bound, and wearing the box, leaving it only once a day to eat, drink, urinate, and defecate, all which had to be in front of Hooker. During this time, Cameron regularly practiced bondage on Colleen, suspending her from the rafters, constricting her breathing, whipping her, tying her to the rack, shocking her with electric cords, burning her pubic area with a heat lamp. (gasps) Oh, God, I hate everything. I know. And immersing her in bathtub until she was unable to breathe. Colleen later estimated that Cameron hung her and whipped her 90 to 100 times in the first six months. Poor girl. And I just cannot imagine how much you want to die at that point. I mean. In October 1977, Hooker built a triangular-shaped box that fit under the stairs, and Colleen was moved to it. She was actually happy with this because there was more room, and he gave her work, to, so she was doing stuff with her hands all day and keeping busy. It was almost like a promotion, all while, of course, being tortured on a regular basis. Cameron told Colleen there was an underground organization called The Company that bought and sold slaves and tortured them if they tried to escape. He said members of The Company were everywhere, constantly watching her, and her and her family would be in danger if she tried anything stupid. He would reinforce this bullshit in several ways, like Janice had to get knee surgery one time and came home with a knee brace, and he told Colleen it was from when she was a slave and tried to escape from her master. When she was caught, she was tortured, and it permanently damaged her leg. Janice backed up the story, and being months in captivity at this point, Colleen was starting to get brainwashed and believed it, so she was petrified of the company. Yeah, I'm very bummed out. Uh-huh. It's been a minute. Oh, uh, no. But the, she didn't have the neighbors when she first met her, but mm-hmm. again, I mean. Right, but, you know. In January 1978, he took it one step further and gave Colleen a slave contract from the company that she had to sign. It said Colleen was officially Cameron's slave and he owned her soul. When Colleen resisted signing it, he told her that a representative from the company was waiting. So in tears and completely afraid, she signed it, thinking that, like, this is it. I'm under contract now. Yeah. Poor thing. After this point, she was allowed upstairs, but was now referred to as Kay. K-A-Y. Mm-hmm. She had to address Cameron as master and Janice as ma'am. He also required Colleen to kneel, bow her head, and ask permission before doing anything. Hooker even placed a collar around her neck as a symbol of slavery. <gasps> I just... Fuck off. It's just so fucking to me. It's the worst. Yeah, it is. She later recalled once while he was torturing her, he nestled up to her and whispered, go ahead, scream, I'll cut your vocal cords, I've done it before. And she's not religious at all, but she swears she heard the voice of God very clearly say in that moment, 
he's not lying. He's done it before. Do not scream. And from that point forward, she never made a sound when he was torturing her. Not once. Oh, my God. How old is this piece of shit? He's like 24. They're like close to the same age. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know, but it's not chilling. Like she, she's like, no, I'm not that's religious, but very, yeah. very chilling. So Janice did set some ground rules and said Cameron can only use Colleen as bondage and pain surrogate, quote unquote, which means they bring someone in to be his slave to substitute the pain he was inflicting on Janice. <sighs> but the rule was he couldn't have sex with her. He was only to have sex with Janice. Okay. Cameron. Ag- what? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go I ahead. just, he stuck to that. Cameron. Didn't. Cameron agreed because he liked the idea of having a girl who couldn't say no. I. It's just every, my blood boiled every time. That's why today I was like, can I read, can we, I do my story today? Because I was like, I got to get this out of my head. I got to stop researching this. This makes my blood boil. Yeah. It's infuriating. So now you're just going to pass it off to everyone else. Yeah, so they're sick fucks. But one night, Janice tested him, suggesting that they have a threesome with Colleen. He was into the idea, so Janice played along for a little bit. But when Cameron actually started having sex with Colleen, she ran into the bathroom and threw up. (laughs) Poor Janice. Poor girl. After that point, Janice was particularly mean to Colleen, seeing her as the other woman, which irritates the hell out of me, too. Y'all did this, Janice. Yeah. She is against her will. How are there two people with this mindset? Like, how do they find each other? It's just, like, come to Janice. Come on. Well, Janice, he was doing this to Janice before, and she couldn't take it. It was ultimately why they came to an agreement or a compromise that you can have a, they called it, quote-unquote, pain surrogate, like, if you can't get pregnant, you have a baby surrogate. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I know, but that's just, that's how they justified it. Or that's how they defined it, I guess. <sighs> All right. To be like, just you're speechless. just someone, you're hurting me too bad. So right. let's find yeah. an innocent victim. I know, it's just, no, I know you get it. It's just infuriating. Yeah, it is. So, and like, think yeah. it through, Janice. Right. You remember a, how bad it was for you? Remember that? Right. You have a daughter? Uh, okay. Yeah, really. Okay. God, I was hoping that baby was like a baby doll and it was like it was a fake. No, there's a real baby doll. No, involved. there's a person there. Oh, baby. Mm-hmm. So for Cameron not following the rules, Colleen was punished and put back into the coffin where she spent 23 hours a day. I'm not sure how long this lasted. But in 1978, the hookers moved to a mobile home on Pershing Road, taking Colleen with them. There was no basement there, so Cameron had built a waterbed where he and Jana slept with a special box constructed underneath it for Colleen. For the rest of that year, Colleen spent all day and most of the night living in this box, being let out only late at night. She was allowed to have toilet paper, a bedpan, and a radio with her in the new box. So she was going to the bathroom and living in the same very small confined space but horizontally. So okay, so she's lying down. Yes. How is she going to the bed? Like, what do you mean she has a bedpan in there? She's I, like, I guess she lifts it up under her. Yeah. Oh my God. That's I don't so know. It's, so, it's just torture. Yeah. In September of that year, get this, 
Janice gave birth to their second daughter at home on the waterbed while Colleen was underneath in the box. Oh, my God. Ugh. From April 1979 to January 1980, Janice worked nights after Cameron came home from his job. During this time, Cameron let Colleen out of the box in the evenings to fix his dinner and wash the dishes. You're such a fucking... What the... was wondering this early on. What are their jobs? Oh, he's so a, leave. He leaves during the day. He so, does. She didn't okay, until oh, she got okay, a job. Okay. He was a lumber mill worker. Oh, right. And a loser. Uh, sorry, no, that was part, my part time lumber mill worker. Part time douche canoe. <laughs> douche canoe. I think I hate douche canoe. Oh, you do? I think so. Oh. Uh, but he was a douche canoe, except when he's a douche canoe. <laughs> Confirmed. Yeah. I hate it. Oh, yeah, fine. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to call him. Whatever. Yeah, so Janice worked. So he was a lumber mill worker. Janice, I think, worked. She did, like, clerical work at an electronics company. Um, so during that time, Cameron lit Colleen out of the box to fix his dinner and wash his dishes. Ugh. Then Janice got a day job, so they were both gone during the day, and they let Colleen babysit the two children. Mind you, she's still petrified of the company. She became more scared of the company than of Cameron. Oh, well, yeah. No, I, I do not blame her at all. Mm, of just, course like, not. Makes me so sad at the thought of, like, obviously it's bullshit. I'm like, I just want. Yeah, to obvious take- to us. Yeah. Well, no, I know. I know. It, I, it is no fault of hers. I would have done the exact same thing and I would have been scared of the exact same stuff. But knowing what you know after, oh, to be like, oh my God, I could have taken those kids and run. Uh, we get there. Oh. So neighbors and even the oldest child thought she was the nanny and going to her own apartment every night. But in rea- reality, she was sleeping in the back bedroom, chained to the toilet. So, again, she got promoted. Yeah. This arrangement continued until February 1981, but then they decided to put Colleen back in the box. So, it's just all very inconsistent. She's being promoted, then demoted, and constantly, it was never safe, which obviously added to what a mindfuck this was, because she never knew what to expect, except for rape and torture, which he constantly did when Janice wasn't there, since sex was one of the rules. And there are a lot of details about different ways he would rape her, and I'm, I won't go into the details. He no. had absolutely no boundaries. So wherever your mind is going right now, he did it. He did that. Oh, God. Around 1980, some of Colleen's evenings were spent helping Cameron dig a large hole on their property while Janice stood guard. The hole was lined with concrete blocks, and the project took about two years to complete, but she never knew what it was for. One day, Colleen told Cameron she loved him, which was a complete lie, but she was hoping it would stop him from inflicting so much pain on her. This was around the time he let her make that phone call to her family, which he was supervising, and he had his finger on the part that hangs up in case she said too much. I tried to Google what that's called. Do you know what that is? <laughs> like the part. The part that, yeah. you know, it's like from a payphone. Uh, no, of course. I know exactly what you're talking about. I actually and Googled it, and I was like, what am I doing wasting my time with this? Yeah, who cares? Everyone knows what you're talking about. I know. Unless we have some young listeners out there. It's like a whole ha- landline thing. Don't worry about it. Okay. A, a thing that hangs up. 
That's not your finger pressing that's a button. Not, it's not your thumb pressing a big red button. <laughs> I feel like fat and that's Googling it. My God, Adderall. What man. a waste. <laughs> what a waste. Um, so I remember when her sister said she thought she sounded pressured. It was what well, she was. So it seemed like he was finally starting to trust her a little bit. So she begged him several times to let her visit her family. February of 1981, he told her he got permission from the company to visit them, but he had to put up $30,000 security deposit to cover the cost of watching them, like cover the cost of the company to go down to Riverside and watch them. Right. As if he's pulling so many strings. Fuck off. Yeah. One day at Cameron's instruction, Colleen told the children and the neighbors she was leaving for Riverside where her parents live. He drove off as if he were taking her to the bus station, but smuggled her back to the mobile home and put her into the box under the bed, which I don't know. I mean, I do know why he did it, but like that breaks my heart. And the moat that that really got me when researching this, the excitement to go finally see your family only to be tricked like that and taken back to your Prison right. is devastating. I, I just cannot imagine that letdown. Yeah. Wait, why did he do that? So he tested her obedience by handing her a gun and telling her to put it in her mouth. Once she did that, he told her to pull the trigger. She had no idea if it was loaded or not. She didn't know what game this was, but she obviously had no choice. So she pulled the trigger. It wasn't loaded and he was appeased. So a week later, <sighs> I'm they, sorry. What? At that point, I would have been like, I don't give a shit if it's loaded or not. Oh, I Anything's know. better than this. I would be like, I'm pissed it's not loaded. Right. So later that week, they actually left for Riverside. I guess he just needed to test his control one more time before she really saw her family. Oh, my God. That is so sad. He's such a dick. He even stopped at a random building in Sacramento and said it was the company's headquarters, and she had to take a lie detector test, which she was so nervous about because she didn't know what they would ask or if she would pass. So Cameron walked into this random building's lobby, probably sat there for a second, came out and said he got the requirement waived. Again, pulling straight. What a stand-up oh. guy. Oh, my God. Probably just, like, sitting in the lobby for a second, like, counting to right. 60 or something stupid. As we know, they made it to Riverside and Cameron accompanied her to that visit. He even left her unattended a couple of times, which she later said she was dying to tell them and to help her. But again, being petrified of the company, killing all of them, she kept quiet. Now, knowing what you know so far, that picture that her mom took of the happy couple is the creepiest. It's really sad. That's what you'll post. I'll post for sure. I'll post that along with others, but... Yeah, it is the he, creepiest picture. It is really creepy, and it's like the, just so sad. Yeah, just yeah, eerie. Oh god, because yeah. you're like, because like her arms are draped around him, and they you know she like the things that are going on behind the scenes, and that's her captor. That he's so ugh, sad, so sick. Yeah, he left the house though. Mm-hmm. Like she was like by herself. Yeah, where did he go? I remember that. He told her he had to like make an errand for the company. That is like, I even in the case file reading in the trial, like the word for word, what happened, they kind of left that out. He did leave though. And that oxygen documentary, I remember saying he left. I think he told her that it was a company meeting, but she was still being watched, watched. So for like hours, 
She was alone with her family. Oh, God, not saying a word about it. But they were supposed to stay for two days. And it was after one day he came back and they, and he was like, we got to go. We got to go. So they left a day early from a visit with her family. And once they got back to Red Bluff, Janice wasn't home. So he raped her and put her back in the box where she, where he kept her for the next three years. Literally. She was occasionally let out at night, but some days not at all. I think he started having like remorse over letting her visit her family. Like, shit, what did I do? Yeah. Like, why did I, why did I do that? So he felt that he had to hide her all over again. Oh my God. In late 1982, Cameron admitted to Janice that when he was practicing bondage with Colleen, he was also having sex with her. And Janice was pissed. And she was actually starting to become more pissed at Cameron than Colleen. Finally. No shit. He then required Janice to read the Bible to him, where he pointed out the passages that justified his actions and required his wives and slaves to be submissive. He told Janice that according to the Bible, if she didn't submit, she would go to hell, and she believed him. I want to punch him in the neck. And back homie, at this point, we're both going to hell. Let's. I mean, come look on. at us. Right. God. He then told Janice he was building a dungeon to keep as many as four slaves in there. That's the hole they were digging in the backyard. Oh, I was like, I do not remember what that is. Janice was really upset but felt helpless. At the end of 1983, he moved Colleen from the box to that hole. But after a week, it began raining and the hole filled with water. So Janice took Colleen out of the hole and put her back under the bed. Wait, what? It wasn't cup. What did he think was going to happen? It wasn't. He's a idiot. Oh, he's a moron. We'll get to that. He's oh, a, okay, great. He, and also, Janice, you felt helpless, really? I know. I think there's a few things very helpful you could have done, like go to the yeah, police. Sure. Yeah, there's a few uh, things on that list that you could have done. Helpless. Tell Colleen that it's all bullshit. And when you, and, piece of shit, go to work the next day, just walk out the door, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. You, a few things you could have done, but yeah. sure, helpless. Helpless. Sure. Mm-hmm. Three weeks later, Cameron took her back in the hole, but he and Janice suspected that one of their kids saw. So again, Colleen went back to the box. Well, she was, like, babysitting the kids and coming in and out of their bedroom. They didn't know anything. They no. never saw anything? No, they thought... That she was their nanny and that they would get, she would go to her apartment every night. She would leave the house and go to the apartment. But in reality, yeah, she was being hidden in the back or under the bed or in that right. hole. Yeah. Okay. But they just never They saw knew her nothing. Yeah. They knew nothing. Being put in to the hole or the box or. No, nothing. Except just, for that one time they, Janice and Cameron were like, shit, did a kid just see us put her in the hole? That's why they moved her back under the bed. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they don't let the kids see. I don't, that's just crazy to me. I, I just think of how often my kids are in my room. I would just, okay. I but just when you're gagged and under, I mean, she can't scream. She's not going to scream. The company's watching her. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. In January 1984, Colleen was allowed more freedom. She was let out of the box at night, sleeping in the back bedroom bathroom again, being chained to the toilet. And in May, they even let her get a job as a maid at the King's Lodge, a hotel in Red Bluff a few miles from the mobile home. 
She had to give her paychecks to Cameron, but she was happy to feel some sense of normalcy for a few hours, so she didn't care. Oh, my God. So that was 1984. Yeah. She was kidnapped okay. in 1977. No, I know that. Sometimes Janice would even drive her to work, and they started becoming friendly. Five to six times a month, Cameron would force both of them to have sex, telling them Janice was his wife and Colleen was his slave wife, comparing it to Abraham's biblical servant, Hagar. Fuck off. Oh, oh my God. Using the reli- religion to intimidate them. It's just so tired, you piece of shit. Um, yeah. He then announced that he would have intercourse with Colleen and Janice on alternate nights. Obviously, neither liked the arrangement, but felt forced. Janice, by the fear of going to hell, and Colleen, obviously bad, the company. Janice started regularly going to church and would confide in the pastor. Once she got comfortable with him she felt that, and felt that she could trust him, she very vaguely told them about their situation and described it more as a love triangle. And even read those Bible verses that Cameron said allowed this, to which the pastor was like, uh, no, no, hell no. Oh my God. Finally. That, this guy's an idiot. That's not what that passage means. Um, no. So Janice was infuriated, went to the hotel, found Colleen, and told her there was no company. Completely <gasps> broke. Told her everything. And oh. Co- yeah. That's not. Okay, 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 okay. Great. hmm Colleen was actually devastated. I mean, think of all the time wasted where she could have escaped. He made her, the threat of the company seem so real to her and she could never get those seven years back. So it's just, she was no, yeah, I devastated. I can't on with that. that. So they agreed to spend one more night with Cameron acting completely normal, enduring the same torture they had night after night. And the next day on August 10th, 1984, after he went to work, Janice and Colleen took the children and went to Janice's parents' house. Oh, God. But still poor Colleen. Like, you don't trust this bitch. Oh, I know. I'd be like, no, we're going to my parents' house. How about that? Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't, yeah. I'd be like, no, no, no. I'm sick of doing everything y'all told me to. (laughs) Yeah. Here's what I'm going to do. Now I know everything. We're going to flip the script. I'm in charge now. Yeah. Give me my paycheck back. I'm getting bus fare and I'm getting the fuck out of Dodge. How about that? I will take your kids. Yes. Thank you. Because I feel Horrible for them. Awful. So Colleen called her own parents and arranged for them to wire her bus fare. And while at the bus station, she called Cameron and said she knew the company was horseshit. She was leaving and there was nothing he could do about it and hung up. I would love to have that phone call. I would love to make that phone call and sling some insults at him. Just sling him. Oh, my God. How good would that feel? I know. I'm like, hey, you little bitch, come and get me. Wait. Damn it. I wish, like, I want to know what he said. I want to know the whole combo. He cried. A little bitch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember this. Cried and, oh. Who cares what he said? (laughs) Nothing. Nothing of importance. I know, but did she get to throw in there? And also, Janice is leaving, too. And also, she has your kids. No. See you around. No, because I have three more pages. Uh Uh-oh. The end. So that's about... Meanwhile, Janice had moved back into the damn mobile home with Cameron after only a week. She didn't tell her parents anything about the situation, so they encouraged her to give it another shot because they had kids together. I'm like, no, that's why you should not give it another shot, but whatever. Cameron attended church with her for a while, and Janice urged him to go to counseling. 
At Janice's request, they destroyed some of his bondage paraphernalia. Um, and the ones he didn't want to burn, she hid because she was afraid that he was going to start using them on her again. Well, no, just burn them all. What do you mean the ones he didn't want to burn? Right. I'm like, don't. aren't we done with him telling us what to do? Yeah. yeah. Eventually, her fear got the best of her, and she was unable to sleep or eat in the mobile home. So she returned to her parents' house, and the anxiety attacks immediately stopped. Well, okay. Yes. Also, how... How did counseling go? Are you are you fixed yet again? Here we are. <laughs> Back to, it all comes. It all comes thing back. Cycle. In the next few months, Colleen continued to communicate with Janice by letter and telephone. And Janice asked her to not go to the police because she wanted to give Cameron a chance to straighten himself out. Which, <laughs> sure thing, JJ. Fuck off, Janice. She owes you nothing. Right. But... Since she did help her escape, Colleen agreed and really just wanted to put this entire thing behind her. Colleen's family was pressuring her to turn them both in, but at this point, she was grateful to have been released and wanted to forget the entire incident, which I can't imagine that. Like, I just be so pissed, though, that like you, oh, God. That, I know. That's, I'm like, that wouldn't happen now, I don't think. Like, the 70s were so, like, I just want to forget it. Again, yeah. the whole thing about like sweeping under the rug. But at the same time, to put myself in her shoes, there's a chance the cops wouldn't even believe her. Like she got yeah. to have a job. She got to nanny their kids while they're at work. I I don't think brainwashing was much of an argument in the 70s. So I don't know. It was probably, it may have been a battle she didn't, she just did not want to go through. Yeah. So Janice once again returns to that monster's mobile home and sees the bondage stuff out that he promised he would get rid of. So the anxiety ramps up again. And it's when a friend she confides in points out that there's a possibility that he could do this to their daughters one day that she finally snaps out of it. <laughs> she had not thought of that before? I, that's what I'm like. You're both fucking idiots. God. She returns to the pastor and tells him everything, how they kidnapped a girl, raped her, tortured her, everything, and he calls the police right then and there. On November 18th, 1984, Cameron was arrested. Let's get to trial, people. Janice and Colleen were the key prosecution witnesses, and for her willingness to testify against her husband, Janice was granted full immunity. No. Not a minute in jail. Not a foot in that cell. Not a glimpse of that nasty-ass five-by-five cell. Nothing. Not a sip of toilet wine. Not a sip of toilet wine. Oh. Not a bar to drop. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm what else? I'm done. I know. I was trying to think. Not a... Not a handcuff to be tightened. Oh, no. <laughs> not a shackle to trip on. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, I want to end it there. All right. Nothing. So before trial, <laughs> Hooker argued that he should be allowed to introduce evidence of Colleen's life before her kidnapping, including evidence of prior sexual conduct that would prove it was reasonable for him to think that she was consenting to have sex with him. As if he, she had like some promiscuous life before. So he just assumed he, she liked it. Oh, fuck. Off, like right off the fear the tears that 
whimpers at night that you heard that she was too scared. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea. The lack of yes. How <laughs> right. about? Right. He al- he holding also, in captivity, not letting her leave. Right. The whole against her will part. He also admitted to kidnapping her because the statute of limitations for kidnapping <gasps> in California is seven years. And he kept her for seven and a half. And the courts were like, excuse me, uh, that seven years starts after her release, not after the crime. You oh, my moron. God. He's a, He's a moron. Idiot. Anyway, oh so that's when he tried to get this evidence. So the court obviously denied him proving that she was promiscuous in past life, whatever. And it was inadmissible. Colleen does remember in 1980, he did force her to write a letter claiming of various sex acts, which she never participated in, but she was trying to avoid being punished. So she just wrote what he told her. And now she realizes it was in case they got caught. But who would willingly, like, how inauthentic to write down your sexual past for your, it's a stupid strategy to begin with. Right. This guy's a fucking idiot. (laughs) He was like, well, I got one on y'all. I kept her I kidnapped her seven, seven and, and a half. half years ago. So that, sure, I did it. Yeah. And Next. I, no, son. Oh, my You're God. You're a fool. <laughs> I love stupid It people. starts now, not then. God. Sure. Anyway, during Janice's testimony, she revealed that her husband captured another young woman a year before picking up Colleen. 19-year-old Marie Elizabeth Sponick who was hitchhiking in Chico, California, on January 31st, 1976. According to Janice, they took her home in Red Bluff with the exact same thing they did with Colleen, head in a box, suspended from the ceiling by her wrist, except she screamed. And he threatened that if she did it again, he would cut her vocal cords. But the pain was too much to bear, and she screamed again, so he slit her throat, quote-unquote, not realizing it would kill her. Which... I don't know if Janice is just saying that so she doesn't look like an accomplice to an intentional murder or if, even though she has immunity, or if Cameron is that stupid, but it's stupid. So they did, they killed her? Yeah. So she died because you can't slit someone's throat and actually only cause them not to be able to speak. (laughs) Right. Not a thing. There's an artery there. Oh, God. Oh, sad. So sad. He and Janice then rolled her up in a rug and buried her on the side of a dirt road on a mountain, but Janice couldn't remember exactly where. Like, she was like, I'll show you where, but they could never pinpoint where. She can't remember. Sponick's body was never found, and authorities weren't able to find enough evidence to prosecute Cameron for Sponick's death, but Colleen does remember finding a picture of her in their house. It was like a newspaper clipping, probably from when she was missing, that he kept as a souvenir because he's a sick bastard. And Colleen didn't know who she was at the time, but it further proved that he's absolutely responsible for this poor girl's murder. Oh, my God. It's so sad. I know. Anyway, as expected, his team argued that Colleen was not coerced and was free to leave at any time and even pointed out how monotone she was in court. She didn't shed a tear during testimony. She was very matter-of-fact and not at all emotional, which they used against her. But she was... Remember, mind you, she was held in captive for almost a decade, programmed to not speak unless spoken to, not to right. scream or cry or she'll get beaten or her throat slit. She was probably emotionally drained beyond anyone's imagination. So F off. And like just traumatized. Team. She's probably, right. oh God, just like so depressed. Right. I can't. 
no, but thank you. Yeah. In November of 1985, Hooker was sentenced to 104 years for kidnapping with the use of a deadly weapon, false imprisonment, forcible rape, two counts of abduction for illicit relations, forcible sodomy, forcible oral copulation, and penetration with a foreign object. Those were the details I was not going to share. Oh. Uh, Janice reverted back to her maiden name, Lashley. See how I'm not... (laughs) Lashley, Lashley, okay. Janice Lashley, Janice Lashley. I was scared at the end of this. You'd be like, Janice changed her name. Like she wasn't going by Janice then, but no, 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 no. It's Janice Lashley. <laughs> I'm going to find her. Uh-huh. You can. Because she became a registered associate social worker and has worked as a mental health professional. What? She still lives in California, as does Colleen. They have never spoken again, obviously, but. Blech. Wait. Colleen now goes by a different last name and underwent extensive counseling after fleeing from captivity. She went on to acquire an accounting degree, marry, have a family, become a mother and a grandmother. Oh, and, good for her. Yep. And aids and assists other women who have been abused. She does have long-term medical issues, including significant back and shoulder injuries from hanging from her wrists and being confined in such a tight space for so many hours a day, obviously. Um, I read also that she had a huge vitamin D deficiency, so she lost all her hair because she didn't see sunlight for so many years. All right. Ready? 104 years was the sentence. Now let's get real pissed. No. In March 2021, California officials contacted Colleen and advised her that they were looking into possibly granting hooker parole due to COVID and crowding issues. I hope they let out all the petty criminal, like the right. petty crimes I, out first. I hope everyone there with a stupid drug charge was let go first. Right. Who? Oh, God. Instead of parole hearing, authorities scheduled a hearing to decide if Hooker should be classified, classified as a sexually violent predator. If found guilty, Hooker would remain in jail and receive mental health treatment. If found not guilty, Hooker could be released on parole under certain conditions. The trial was pushed, was supposed to be on September 2021. It kept getting pushed, kept getting pushed. And the latest article I found was three days ago, and it's apparently going to be September of this year. But then I saw an article from six days ago saying November of this year. Either way, later this year. I didn't even know that when I started this story. I didn't know there was an update as of three days ago. Okay, wait, so he is still in jail right now. Yeah, he's in jail until um, that trial takes place. And um, an attorney said that, what is it, sexually violent predator trials could take years. And he'll be in jail. He'll be in jail until then. And, like, the fear of COVID and jail is gone. So, like, he's going to be found guilty. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. And I don't know what the overcrowding search is these days in California, but. Oh, right. Duh. That's what I was Um, Can you believe that? I hope he doesn't die before then. (laughs) Or like a miserable death. Yeah, sure. Could you imagine how Colleen is feeling right now? She's like, are you serious? Are you dumb? So they. Okay, so Janice is out living her life. She keeps the kids. Everything's good. I, I like, can actually find an update. It says she lives a low-key lifestyle. I'm like, she better. 
But and then I released her name. So I'm like, oh, Janice Lashley. Oh, yeah. I see. I mean, you Google that and that comes up. Oh, I know. Nice. Even I, I Googled where's Janice Hooker today and Janice Lashley came up. So I'm not being that big of an asshole, but I don't care if I were. Oh, yeah. Obviously. She's. I want to know if her kids are like, um, we don't care what the California court says. says. Yeah. yeah. The state of California says, we out. Yeah. And that's the devastating story. But badass survivor story of Colleen Stan. Colleen. I know. Good for you, girl. Oh, God. Way God. to hang in there. And can you uh, imagine her family being like, oh, my God, we thought you were in a cult. Like, right. And it's her dad being interviewed. I, I just wish I could find my damn snapped. Barrett wouldn't watch it with me. He's like, uh-uh, I'm not doing that again. It was Guess hard it to find. I, it's detailed, guys. It is. I was, oof. Yeah, I, I did a PG version. Um, and I remember you when you told me about it. I would, I had to like dig for it. It's not that easy to find. I don't think it's been a minute, but maybe now it is. I'm sure with the trial, when I, whenever the trial is, I'm sure Oxford will replay it. Yeah. Oh, Jeez. there's also I think there's also a movie, a Lifetime movie, Girl in the Box, Girl in the Box. Oh, there is. I feel like. Almost a lot of the ones I've done have had a lifetime, lifetime movie. Oh my god, you're right. It's the third one. What's the tenth? What is this? Eleventh episode? Yeah. And we've had three that end in a lifetime movie. Good. I hope Colin got paid well for that. Um, she wrote a book. I don't know. Good. Yeah. I, uh, oh my god, I wanna hug give her. her a big hug. I know. Good for her. She's a badass grandma now, so Keep fighting, Colleen. No reason to now. That fucker's in jail, and he's going to stay there. Don't worry. He's going to stay there. I have faith in the state of California. Uh-huh. Um, Red Bluff is like four hours from Humboldt County, a.k.a. Murder Mountain. Oh, okay. Just so you're, you're aware. Oh, okay. Um, it is more east, a little south, a little east. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh-huh. Um, that's a good documentary if y'all are looking. Murder Mountain. Yeah. It's fascinating. Netflix, Hulu, one of them. Something. Uh, something like that. Well, that was a long one, but I... Yeah, that was really good. Thanks. Hope I covered it well. I mean, she... I, I encouraged the snap if it ever comes back again. I, I, you might just have to pay for it or something. Worth it. Uh, it. It's just shocking. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I was jealous when you were going to do that one. Now I'm not. I forgot how, like... Oh, God, torturous it is. Yeah. It's important. Trust no one. People are the worst. Y'all are the best. I bet the music's playing now. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.